This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am so excited, honored, psyched to have my friend Brianna McHenry on with us today. She is an intuitive energy worker. She is an incredible light and beauty, and she's also a mother, and we get to chat a lot about being a mom and a spiritual being and how that all flows together in many, many, many of our beautiful conversations that we have together. So welcome, Brianna. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I know. I'm so excited too. We have been talking about this for a while because we have had dozens of conversations and every time I feel like I'm like, um, why didn't we just record this? Cause this was really cool. And I want to listen back. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of really good nuggets and everything that comes up. Yeah, definitely. So if you could just introduce yourself, tell people who you are, where you are, how you got into this field of work. Yeah. So my name is Brianna. My nickname is Brenna. So sometimes I refer to myself in the third person. So I still refer to myself as Brenna sometimes. So I just wanted to put that out there. (laughs) Um, I'm in Rhode Island in the States. And I really got into this work when I was born. You know, like I feel like I was born into this world knowing everything. Like as a child, I knew how everything worked. And I was really good at always seeing from a bigger perspective. And I just kind of really knew everything. I would like talk to trees. I would talk to animals. I could literally like work with the wind. And I just knew how to like make baskets from tree bark. And I was always outside and just really fully connected. I even remember talking to the stars. Like I was connected on all levels. And a lot of that just got conditioned and programmed out of me, or um, I was creating limiting beliefs around it, like just keeping me fearful of something that was really so beautiful to me. So I eventually, which I feel like a lot of people do, but I just kind of forgot about it as I got older. Then when I was about like 18, and it's funny because I just kind of put the connection together when I went to college for dance and one of my dance classes, it was a two hour long modern class and I had it two times a week. And for the first hour, every single class, we just meditated. And we, sometimes we would do like a laying down meditation or a moving meditation, but it really helped me like get into my body and out of my mind. And that's when I really started reconnecting with everything. But because of the programming, I was so scared. I didn't know what was going on. And it was like, I put fear, I attached fear to the messages that I was getting and what I was hearing, what I was seeing, just what I was feeling. I didn't understand any of it. So I worked with it for a couple of years. And then when I got into my twenties, I just kind of turned it off again. Like it was always there, but I just kind of ignored it. 
And then when I was about 27, I had an experience where I had one of my partner's friends who passed away was trying to connect with him. And I had all of these crazy feelings and emotions. And I knew that someone was trying to connect with me. And I was so frustrated because I didn't know how to talk to him. So I ended up going to see my friend who was a medium and she, like, I was able to connect to him through her. And from there, I was like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to cultivate this. And so that's when I really started getting a little bit more serious and meditating and listening to my intuition, kind of playing around with the different senses that I have or that we all have really. And just kind of cultivating it. I was really seeking answers everywhere outside of myself. Like I thought someone was going to come to me and be like, Hey, you want to be a psychic? This is how it is. Cause that's all I wanted. Yeah. That's all I wanted when I was a little kid. I was like, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a psychic and I'm going to be a dance teacher. It was all I wanted. But with dance, all I had to do was go take some dance classes or watch some videos. And I knew how to dance. And it's not like that when you're doing intuitive work, because it's a lifestyle that I didn't realize that I had to cultivate this lifestyle to create this intuitive psychic life that I live now. But I would, I was searching for it through astrology, through crystals, through Reiki, through other psychic people, like anything that wasn't me, I was looking for someone to give it to me. And when I first started connecting the message that I always, always, always got was go within, go within, go within. And I'm really good at ignoring my messages. So I'd be like, okay, go within. I got to go within. That's the message. But I never actually did it. So this, it was another point where I just got fed up of feeling like I was working so long and I wasn't really seeing any of the pay, the payoff. So then I just started meditating. I love so much of what you said. I want to dig into literally every single line. One thing I'm super curious about if you would be able to share is you mentioned that when you were younger, you started being fearful or being scared. And I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. It's like information is coming in and you're not sure what to do with it. What did that fear look like for you? Where do you think that came from? How did that show up? For me, it showed up as demons. Like I- Oh, like legit scary things. Like scary. I thought there were like demons that were trying to connect with me. That comes up from, I was raised Catholic. I grew up going to church and my dad too is very into all of this like world of ghost hunting and he is really big on protection and you just didn't go around connecting to something that you didn't know what it was I would feel energy and then I would use my imagination and pretend that it was like a monster instead of like oh it's just this energy that I'm feeling it was always the fear was just kind of put into me I definitely think from religion but I also think a lot from tv because I had older siblings and I remember that they would watch scary movies and I would like hide in the closet from because I was so scared yeah we've talked about that before that 
I too saw scary movies way before I should have. And it affected me so much. Couldn't sleep, couldn't go into a room. I was so super sensitive to it and didn't realize that not everybody felt that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up watching like cops in America's Most Wanted. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, same. Stop it. <laughs> It's just because I wanted to spend time with my mom. I was like really clingy and it was like nine o'clock on a Saturday night and all she wanted was like some time to herself. And I was like, well, sorry, but. That's so funny. Yeah, Yeah, but those things do come into our subconscious and Mm -hmm. then it becomes the, I don't know if it's something that you cling to or it just becomes a loop of something in your head that then it feels like that's real. And yeah, obviously there are things that are real and in that space, but it, it doesn't feel good when that's your immediate go-to of like, well, that's the terrible thing that's going to happen to me, or that's the thing that I need to be fearful of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how, when you say that you really feel that this is a lifestyle that you have cultivated, what goes into the Brianna intuitive lifestyle? (laughs) That is such a good question. There's so many layers to it. Yeah. Um, And the reason I'm asking is because first of all, I'm insanely and obsessively curious about all the things that you do. But also I think that when people are first interested in this, it can be overwhelming. mm -hmm. And one of the things that came into me in a meditation really recently, like yesterday or the day before was that it's you know, we spend so much time on these big macro decisions, like which school should I go to or which job should I take? And yes, those are important, but in reality, it's the million micro decisions that we make every day that really make up our life. And what came into me in this meditation was the analogy of paddling. So it's all the strokes of the paddle that you take that chart your course. It's not like the one big paddle that sends you in a different direction. And to me, it was just this beautiful download about mindfulness and that it is a lot of work and a lot of intention, but every minute you get to make a choice, which is so beautiful and supportive. So, yeah. And that's exactly, that's exactly it. Just being aware of your conscious decisions that you make all day. We have to also remember that our subconscious runs like 95% of the show, which is most of the show. So for me, I do a lot of subconscious work and a lot of belief work. And in my day-to-day life, that will look like um, me judging someone. And then taking a moment, taking a few deep breaths and asking, okay, so what is it within me that I'm judging? Because I'm not actually judging that other person. I'm judging something about myself. And then I'll figure out what it is that I'm judging uh, or about myself for. So um, what, what you see in the other person that is triggering something in you. Yeah. Someone was teaching me, I was like judging someone for what they're wearing. And I was like, okay, well, what is that? What am I learning from that? And I'm learning self-love. I need to cultivate loving who I am and fully expressing myself. And I'm jealous of that person because they are cultivating it. Like they're like, I'm dressing ridiculously because that's what I want to do. And because I love it. And I was judging the fact that they love themselves and like themselves enough to dress however they want. 
kind of thing. Right. That takes so much introspection and self-awareness to be able to see that. I love that you're sharing that because I think it's very easy for us to get out of our selves and put a lot of our attention on what other people are doing, what other people are saying. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's a self-protection, self-preservation sort of technique, but I, I love the belief work stuff that you have been doing and would love if you would share a little bit more about how that comes up, because the example you just shared is such a great example where you very easily could just think about the other person and not have the observation to turn it around on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love belief work too. Yeah, it it's like, amazing. Well, maybe um, explain what it, belief work is. So belief work is, I think it's another word for shadow work. So it's finding those shadows within yourself or within your subconscious that you kind of have to move through to change. So you can have a limiting belief instilled on you as a child. And that can show up. I'll just give some examples of mine. One that I've been working through a lot is I am safe to be seen and it's safe to be who I am. That kind of got instilled on me as a child from experiences where I kind of felt like being myself wasn't safe or being myself, people wouldn't love me or people wouldn't just take care of me. As a little kid, I would be like, oh no, I have to be like my brother and sister in order for my mom or dad to love me. And I had situations like that happen kind of on repeat as a kid. And, and it doesn't mean that my mom or dad or the adults around me, or even my siblings were doing anything wrong. It's how I was perceiving it. And I've been playing around with this idea that that's my karma. So my karma was to learn this lesson in this life. But now I'm thinking, where did this karma come from? So now I'm also the same belief I've done work with past lives, because if you think past lives are creating your karma for this life, so I can find where it stems from in this life. And then I can go look at it in a past life. And with time, everything's happening at the same time. So I'll go into my past lives and I just change the situation. Like I change the outcome, like you, the meditation gave me for being a past life where I was imprisoned for Um, like basically just being myself, but where you told me to imagine my chains as plants. So that's connected to my subconscious belief of I need to hide who I am in order to be safe. So I go back to that past life and I just will kind of ask what's going on. Show me what I need to know. Tell me what's going on. And then I just will visualize or imagine that my chains were plants. And I was like, this is really easy to just break the plants up and then move. I also imagine that my jail cell was made of vines. And so I could just easily push the vines to the side and step through. And healing that past life helps heal this limiting belief that I took on as a child, which then helps um, how it's manifesting right now in my life as an adult, because I'm trying to do all this intuitive work and I keep having fears coming up of or like wanting to stop because I had past lives where I was a witch or something and, or I was just persecuted for being who I was and who I was and who I am has always been different. And I'm finding a pattern that even in my past lives, I've always been different and people didn't like that. Right. So it's coming up as a fear. So I'm going back to childhood, 
clearing it. I work with spirit guides and angels and light beings and whoever else wants to come in and help. And then I have them all clear it away. You can change the belief. So if my belief is I need to hide in order to be safe, I can change it that I can be seen and be safe or something like that. Right. So it kind of just, it reprograms it on a subconscious level. So I, I also kind of do that work throughout the day, but not on such a big, large scale. Like if my daughter is having a temper tantrum and I can feel myself getting anxious about it, I get quiet and I ask, what is she trying to teach me? The other day she was trying to teach me compassion in that moment. I was so stressed out and just feeling so anxious and I could have reacted in a way that was not very helpful to a temper tantrum. Um, but instead I was able to use her as a mirror to be like, okay, what is this that I'm supposed to be learning? What is this that I'm seeing? And it's have compassion for others, especially others that don't understand their feelings and they don't understand their emotion, which can also translate. I know my daughter's little, but that can translate to adults. Oh yeah. <laughs> All most adults. <laughs> yeah, as a child, they weren't shown how to regulate their emotions. Right. So now they're just adults being like little kids and they're having temper tantrums. They just know how to they're be- just online now. <laughs> yeah, and they're mean <laughs> with their temper tantrums. Little kids they're just feeling. Right. So I feel like my, my little mind is blown wide open right now with all of the nuggets that you said. So I'm so glad that this is recording so I can go back and listen and learn along with all the people that are listening. So the limiting beliefs, are there a few main ones that most people have? And I really appreciated that you said that it's not that your parents necessarily, they didn't do anything wrong. They weren't doing it intentionally. It's just that we all have our own conditioning. We all put that conditioning on our kids, even with the best intentions. So it's coming from the outside. And then there's also the internal piece of it of we're taking it in in a certain way. And some of that is our karmic lesson. Some of that Mm -hmm. is what we're here to learn. So it really can come from both sides. And so not to delve so deep into the origin of it maybe, and not to certainly not to judge yourself for having that limiting belief. It's like, okay, this is where it is. This is where it came from and really focus your energy on how to move forward from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so healing. I don't know, to be honest with you. There's definitely a lot of limiting beliefs that you can share. And usually it stems from a place of trying to receive love or trying to survive. And Mm. if you think about it, I think a lot of it would have to do generational. Because I feel like one generation raises their kids a certain way. And then the next generation raises their kids another certain way. Um, So that each generation might have a few common ones based on whatever their parents had experienced, had gone through, whether it was war or collective trauma. (laughs) So people that are, that are, have kids now might be putting some things on their kids based on what we we just experienced globally. That's Mm -hmm. so fascinating. Wow. Yeah. I'm a firm believer on generations. Like you have generation was it X or Z? Yeah. Gen X, the millennials, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it makes sense even from an astrological standpoint, because you have generational 
planets and those planets will kind of rule what that generation goes through as children or what that generation goes through. But I'm finding that the planets have a really big impact on kind of what we experience as a, as a whole. You also mentioned that you might have a larger belief work or clearing session and then throughout the day you have these these smaller ones so for people that are new to this would that correlate to an affirmation or a mantra is that really how it, it gets incorporated where you might feel yourself not wanting to share and then instead you just say it's safe to be seen and then it's like a quick little hit of that yeah I think it really depends on um how you want to do it. And I definitely have mantras throughout the day. My favorite one that I've been working with is the one that you gave me, which is fear is an illusion. Oh my God, what? Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> the best. Cause I have those moments where I feel fearful and I just remind myself fear is an illusion. Another one that I really like with the karma stuff kind of gets crazy, especially when you are first getting into this. I had a lot of karmic relationships where in past lives, I wasn't very nice. And so in this life, they weren't being very nice to me. And I brought up a lot of fear of like, okay, what is this person? How are they going to retaliate to me in this life to try and teach me the opposite lesson that I kind of put onto them? So I really will also use mantras of, I ask to learn everything with ease. Like if I'm having a rough morning, I'll be like, okay, what is the lesson that I'm learning here? Even if I don't get an answer for what the lesson is, I will just ask, allow me to learn this lesson with ease. So then that way I don't have to deal with learning it through hardship because who wants things to be hard? Right. Oh, that's so beautiful. I use something similar where I'll just say, how can I allow this to be easy? So if a situation is coming in and it feels like, maybe I'm creating a struggle where there really doesn't need to be one. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, let me pause for a second. How can I allow this to be easy? How can I not make this a thing? How can I just allow it to be simply without attaching any more drama, strife, aggravation than needs to happen? And I think that a lot of us are conditioned to be attached to struggle. It's mm -hmm. gotta be hard. We have to overcome things. I would say for the, the vast majority of people, but I find it even with this more spiritually inclined that there is this conditioning that there has to be this big trauma that you overcome in order to tap into spiritual awakenings or your gifts. And that's like, well, where did that come from? I, yeah. I, first of all, most people have had some level of trauma, either little T or big T trauma. But if you haven't, that doesn't mean that you aren't able to access all your things. Maybe you just have an easy breezy life. Maybe you've had a lot of hard lives before. You can have an easy one. Yeah, this life that I'm in right now is all about healing. Like mm. I literally came here just to heal all of my past lives and just everything. It's just all learning this, how to heal myself and sharing it and healing others. So how did you get into past lives? And I know that this might be Mm, a controversial topic for people listening or something that they've never really heard about. I always, from the time that I was little, I never doubted reincarnation. I don't know how I learned that or where that came from, 
But to me, it didn't ever seem realistic that you're just here once, you know, deja vu and all these things that felt familiar and, and all these different experiences that you can't really explain. I just accepted reincarnation from like yeah. a little age, but I know a lot of people that is a very hard concept to grasp. That's really talking about your soul is eternal and mm -hmm. you have different versions of yourself. Let's not even talk about the whole all at the same time thing. Cause that's yeah. so next level, <laughs> but just the past lives. How did you get into that? How would you explain that to people? So from a linear level, which I think past lives are a lot easier to under understand when you think of it from a linear level, you can go back in the past and view all of these lives and see how they're kind of molding and shaping your life now. I got into past lives when I really got into the Akashic Records and I took an Akashic Records course and the teacher in the course shared with us how he changed one of his past lives. He explained it as time traveling. So, which might be easier to digest mm -hmm. than everything at the same time. So basically he traveled back in time healed a fear or an experience from his past life that was manifesting in his life now as a fear. I got into it viewing my relationships. I was having a really hard time with certain people in my life and my relationships with them. I was really just seeking and trying to make the relationships a lot easier. So I would have readings a lot with other people and I would ask, hey, like what's going on in this relationship? And most of them were tied to past lives. And then when I'm meditating, if I have um, an experience in my life right now, I just ask, where is this coming from? And that's kind of how I really started experiencing my own past lives. And now they just kind of show up for me. I can kind of just see or talk to someone and be like, oh, you probably had a past life for this. Wow. So you see yourself in that version of yourself, whether it be a man or a woman, different time period, different circumstance, you can visualize that or is it a knowing? How does it come in? For me, it's a little bit of everything. Sometimes I'll visually see it. Sometimes I'll know it. Sometimes I just understand. Like I've even seen past lives where I was a child and I just, I just know who the people are. It kind of just I just know, like there was one past life where me, my partner now and my daughter were all there, but it was different. Like I was the dad, <laughs> like I was the male and I just knew it. It's so interesting circling back to the fear thing. I have, I don't know if it's a fear. It's, it's an unknowing. It's really maybe an apprehension because it feels very heavy to do past life work. I know a lot of people go in and they, they do this, I think it's called past life regression work or a different ancestral healing. And one of the blocks for me, I know is that I don't want to see or experience, or I guess it would be re-experience trauma mm -hmm. that I have potentially experienced in past lives. And let's face it with the number of lives that we've had, there is going to be some stuff that is not positive, not pretty that has gone down. And I think because I have experienced quite enough trauma in this lifetime, I am fearful of going back and then having 
those memories as like a new movie that's playing in my mind. Although multiple people that I've talked to who have done it have said, first of all, you do so much protection work. You put all kinds of boundaries and bubbles and, and beautiful lights around you so that you know that it can't affect you. And that also there's this incredible healing element and that can happen when you go back and you see it. And there's so many lessons, there's so many gifts to be learned when you are able to see that and either learn how resilient you are or understand more about your power because the core of who you are in many ways does carry through, right? Mm -hmm. And so how were you able to access that without all this baggage that I'm, <laughs> that I'm building up around me to not do it? <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good question. I actually had someone do a past life reading for me and my soul wouldn't show her my past life. And she asked why. And basically my soul was like, because it's too traumatic. Like she doesn't want to relive it. So wow. my job was to heal it in real time in my life right now. I have a lot of ancestral trauma that I carry too. And it's showing up. I did a little healing and it showed up kind of as like quick flashes and just knowing of what was going on and what it is that I need to heal. And it, it's been really traumatic, the things that they show, but it's not shown in a way where you have to relive it. It's almost like you just know, I just know what I carry from my ancestors. I just, so you don't embody life. it in like a physical sense. Right. I, I came here to heal it and to clear it. So for that, I was meditating and I sat with my guides and I had set no expectation. And I just was like, what do you guys want to do today? And they did an ancestral clearing and healing on me. And I basically sat with them in ceremony and I'm imagining all of this too. Um, and, but it feels like, real. And when you're in it, it's incredibly, yeah. it's full of feeling it's you're mm -hmm. there. It's all the things. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. And it kind of came up as like flashes and a knowing of what was being cleared, but it wasn't, it was like, they didn't allow me to attach to it. It was almost like they showed me and then right away it cleared out. Wow. Yeah. So first of all, I think it's funny that we're talking about this because when we had done that meditation and your past life came up for me to, to share that had not happened to me before. So I love that. Like we came together, like you're basically here in this life to heal. And it's like, okay, well, I'll just meet Lauren and she's going to show me past life stuff. Yeah. And I had yeah. not seen that before for another person. And so I think that that is really sweet. But the other thing that I was going to say is when had done my Akashic records, Mandy, who I had on a previous episode, and I'll tag it in the notes below, had shared, I think, five different lifetimes with me, but she didn't take me through the experience of being present in those lives. It was just a little summary. And that was really beautiful and supportive because there were certain themes that came in each of the lives. And I've just started now, it's probably been like a year since we did that, feeling, okay, what can I glean from these lives? What can I see 
as these strengths or these gifts, or what was the reason that these came through for her? How can I use those in my present day life? And I do want to explore that more. I do want to tap into that. And I think what you're saying is so supportive that first of all, your soul is not going to let you see something that it knows is going to be too much or triggering. And so maybe going in with the intention of not that you only want to see the light and love, because obviously there are blessings in the hard stuff, but just being able to set more intention about not seeing things that would negatively affect me. Yeah. The intention that you can set is just to see it and learn the lesson with ease. So you can use that with your past lives too. Right. Oh, okay. That's so good. Okay. Stay tuned, everybody. I might, (laughs) (laughs) this might be coming up in a future episode. So another question I had for you is because you've mentioned astrology and Reiki and crystals and the Akashic records and when you're going through your day, and I'm asking this as a such a classic man gen, manifesting generator who loves all the things, and you're a projector, so I know that you see things differently. How do you choose what you're going to incorporate when you have so many tools at your fingertips? I think a lot of people either feel that they have to go all in with one tool or like me, they have all the things and then they sometimes use nothing because it's like, I don't want to use the wrong thing and I don't know what's calling to me. Do I pull a card? Do I take a crystal? Do I light the sage? They're all supportive. They all are beautiful tools. I've started to get more intentional about just sitting in those moments. What do I need? And an answer comes immediately, but Mm -hmm. I'm so would love to hear how you are able to incorporate all these different modalities because you really have so much knowledge. Yeah. I have a lot of modalities for sure. Yeah. But that's amazing. They're all expansive. They're all supportive. They're all complimentary. And maybe I'm already answering my question for myself is that I don't have to be so judgmental about what what the right one is. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. You did answer it. I don't, I, um, I start my day and I think, Hmm, what do I need this morning? And this morning I needed to take a bath and I needed to get some flowers and I really just kind of let it flow. Some mornings, all I need to do is like water my plants. And it's really about just trusting what comes up because at the end of the day, you are the only one that knows what is best for you. Just you and your higher self, like in your soul, that's it. No one else knows what's best for you. So if you can just sit there and ask, and when I say sit there, I mean, sit, take a couple deep breaths and ask, okay, what do I want this morning? And then go from there. Like I really enjoy waking up at 5.30 and lighting incense and journaling and drinking my coffee or my green juice by myself in the morning. But that doesn't work for every day because that's not what I need every day. So some mornings I'll wake up and I'll look at my astrology journal and I'll see like, oh, what's going on with the planets today? Or some mornings I'll just sit and do absolutely nothing and I'll just sit in presence or I sit and watch the birds. I really go throughout my day and figure it out. And even I've been doing this really, really fun thing with, I let my daughter play with my crystals 
and I let her play with my oracle cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but someday she'll give me cards and I take that as the message that I needed to receive. Or I'll come into my room and it'll be like a random card somewhere. And I love it because I'm receiving these messages throughout the day and I didn't have to do any work for it. And the same thing with my crystal. Sometimes I'll have crystals in different spots and I'll be like, oh, I guess that's where the crystal wanted to go today. Or it'll be in a spot where I'm going to pick it up and use it. So you really have been able to find meaning and, and allow meaning in all different aspects throughout the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So beautiful. That is absolutely my goal in, in where I want to move towards. And I know that we've talked about this before is the idea of being able to stay connected, to stay mindful, intentional throughout the day. And I know some of it is challenging because, you know, we're living in real life and the kids and the responsibilities and the house and all the things. But I think it is so inspirational and aspirational to have that as a goal. And even since the last time we talked about this, which I think was last week, I feel like a shift in what and how I've been able to do that. So I'm super grateful for you setting your beautiful projector example for me. (laughs) So good. So moving on to the parenting thing for a moment, I know you have a little one. For people that either have little ones or even those that have bigger ones, what are some of your tips for being a more spiritually minded, a more conscious parent? Because they are here to teach us all the lessons. (laughs) Right, that's right. The number one thing that I have to say is release your expectations. And it's funny because I know we're talking about parenting right now, but you can do that with absolutely everything. Release your expectations of every single thing in your life and just let the universe surprise you and just be open to what you are. You might not know that you're ready to get or what you want and the universe may have a bigger plan for you. I use that all the time with my little one. I think I'll have like our whole day planned out in my head and then she wakes up and that's not what she plans on doing. And so I really just have to release that. And I really let her run the show because my job is to keep her safe and to keep her healthy. And that's really it. Cause I really, I, so I've been working with children since like I was a child. Right. And they have so much to show us and they are hands down the best teachers ever like if you really want to have an experience or if you really want to learn like a big spiritual lesson go hang out with the toddler (laughs) yeah they are the best teachers and you just really gotta let it go and really just release what things are supposed to look like too Um, right what you think that they're supposed to be they're supposed to hit this milestone or act this way or yeah, it's hard. Or even release what you think your spiritual life has to be or has Mm -hmm. to look like. For me, I used to not meditate because I would be too stressed out to meditate while she was napping that I would like miss her if she woke up. So my partner was like, you need to redefine your idea of meditation. So now I can meditate with her playing near me. 
or I can meditate for five minutes instead of feeling like I need to meditate for 10 or 20 minutes. And who set those conditions for us anyway? That's another thing I've been really big on is release like any and all conditions you have for yourself. Even if it's something like I'll get a new car when I have the money for a new car. And the condition that you just created is when I have the money. Who's to say that someone might just be like, hey, do you want this car? (laughs) You're really going to let go of that condition because you're creating that energy of a need. So you're creating from a need instead of creating from a place of just abundance. Okay. I definitely have to dig into this because, and I've shared this with you and with the audience before, the manifesting thing is like a tricky one for me Mm -hmm. because, and I think it's a tricky one for a lot of people because you, you want First of all, I struggle to have wants. Okay. So we're, let's do belief work in real life. <laughs> I mm-hmm. struggle to have wants because I, I, there are things that I want, but really what I want is the feelings. And I learned recently that that is much more in line with an empath to feel attachment to the feeling of what you want versus the thing of what you want. So I think that there's also an element though, for people that are struggling to have clarity, like there's obviously a belief going on that tells you that you aren't good enough to have the thing, or there's something not right with you if you want the thing. So I'm sure there's a lot of work there, but I love that you are just able to find that balance between wanting the ease, wanting the joy, wanting the surrender, but then not having the attachment and still letting it come in however it is. How how have you cultivated that? Yeah, just full surrender. So do you want things? I want so many things. Oh, you do? Okay. (laughs) The amount of things that I want is like I have a laundry list of things that I want, but I think the belief that you were thinking of is wanting things is bad. Like it's bad that you want a nice car. We're so programmed to, that's like a hardcore limiting belief that I think a lot of people have. And it's almost like you judge yourself for wanting something. Why wouldn't you want something that's nice? Like I would like now I would be more concerned if you don't want something that's aligned with you, or if you don't want something that you actually do want, it's a belief that's holding you back. And that's a big one is that having wants is wrong or wanting money is wrong or money is bad or material objects are bad. So you have wants, but then you have no conditioning around how they come in? Yes. So Okay, so what does that look like? Yeah, tell me, right, tell me so what that looks like. <laughs> here we go. Um, I have a couple that I've been working with. I'll do my house because this is a huge one. I have been working on manifesting or just like, I don't love the word manifesting, but we'll use it. For, I've just been manifesting like the perfect house for years. I make lists. I do vision boards. I do feelings. I match the frequency of the house. And then we were supposed to buy a house in this spring and we were house hunting and it was so hard and it was so stressful and none of the houses were good. None of them were right. And then we kind of just stopped and thought, why is this so hard? 
And I was like, I'm here to create things with ease. If something's not, doesn't come easily, it, for me anyway, it is not in alignment. I mean, it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. So the house that we are manifesting them, that we're wanting and that we're creating, it's just not at this moment. I noticed that I was placing conditions on it. I was placing conditions on where the house needs to be. And all I want from our home is silence. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be in a specific location. I just want it to be quiet and I want it to be away from a lot of people. That's it. I don't need the condition of like certain towns. We were looking in like two, maybe three towns. And that's a condition that we were placing on it. We were placing a condition of like the exact timeline of when our house was going to be. And I was finding myself every single morning I would wake up and I would search the MLS listing for houses and then I would go on Zillow and then I would go on Realtor and then I would think, well, can I just rent a house? And I was just controlling every little tiny detail. And that's the problem is our control. Because I know that when we get a house, it's going to be amazing. The house is going to be way better than mm-hmm. anything that I put conditions on. I don't know what town it's going to be in, but I know it's going to be silent. Right. And have every single thing that we truly want. And it's funny, you told me to do this too. Think about why I was choosing the couple of towns and none of them, I wasn't choosing them for me. It was all external sources or a feeling of wanting to like live in the past almost. So when you're manifesting something, when you get into that, for me, I just got into this space of, I was miserable trying to control the situation. And I don't want that. Like who wants that? That's not fun. And then you're manifesting out of a place of lack or out of a place of need. And I'm manifesting out of a place of creation now. I'm co-creating with the universe. I'm just letting it unfold. I'm saying, this is what I want. It's almost like when you hire someone to create a logo for you and you're mm-hmm. like, this is what I want. And show me what you got. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. it's exactly like that. And so yeah. now I'm just kind of doing that with the manifestations. And even for us, I, I do want to get a new car and I'm like, okay, this is the car I want. And I'm just going to let it come. And I'm releasing this in-between. So right now I'm not constantly looking for cars online. I'm just letting it go and I'm letting the car come to me when the time is right and trusting in that. And I like to use mantras to help me because I know that it's so hard to just do that. But for me, I just got to a place where I was fed up. It was almost like I hit rock bottom of trying to control everything. And I was like, I'm going to go crazy if I stay here. I can't yeah. do that. Well, that first of all, that's amazing. But I definitely know what you're saying. It's like the more you want, the more you try to control, the more it doesn't come. And then it just, you want to control it more. And it just mm-hmm. becomes that like cycle down. So extending that example to business, because I know a lot of listeners are in this solepreneur space, they're entrepreneurs, they want to have this spiritually driven business, but also, you know, obviously putting work into it and want to have strategy and structure. So how would you extend that model of manifesting with ease, with surrender, without control to people that are growing their businesses? Asking for a friend. (laughs) 
friend also. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I have the answers. I think the biggest thing in this spiritual work and creating it as, um, as a job and as your work is you have to release your idea of work because work is not a nine to five for everyone. Like you can make your spiritual work a nine to five, but for me, that doesn't work. And you have to really fully release it. And there could also be conditioning around that. I know for me, I have a lot of conditioning around you shouldn't be charging for your gifts. And it's like, money is not a thing. I don't believe in money anymore. I just believe that money is an energy. So I'll give my, um, my time and my experience and my knowledge. And that's the energy that you're giving. And you can receive energy in whatever way you want. And it can be money. But for me, I know I was holding a lot of limiting beliefs that if I collect money for this work, then I'm like a bad person or I'm wrong or it's not okay. And it just feels like another way of being silenced because think of all of these people that are stepping up and putting their light out there and just changing the world. If we all were able to just fully step into who we are, we could easily change the world just by shifting our consciousness and our vibration and putting ourselves out there, which is so powerful, but it's also new. It's a new idea of how the world is working, but I think we all have to just kind of step into it. So I would look at some uh, limiting beliefs that you're holding on to, if you're kind of scared to step into it, or if you have certain ideas, like when I am creating, I don't feel like I'm going to work. When I have a reading with someone, I don't sit there and think, oh, I have to go to work. It's not work for me. I am having fun. These moments are moments that I need. Like if I'm not doing this, I will be really grumpy. Yeah. Same. I totally agree. Yeah. Self-care. And so you have to really redefine your idea of work. I think it's a huge one, which definitely belief work would help a lot and create from the heart. You create from who you are as opposed to other people. And it's not like you have to figure out, sit there and figure out who you are and what you want to create and then put it out there, put it out there, what feels right in that moment. And if something doesn't feel right, then don't put anything out there. You just have to wait, but it has to come from the heart space and come from a place of just unconditional love, absolutely no conditions whatsoever to what you're doing. Both of those are so good. I think that that is definitely a place where a lot of people get stuck because you can look around and see so many people producing things and creating things and feel like I've just got to keep up with the quantity and I've just got to keep up with, you know, (laughs) just like so much. And it's funny too, because for me, I love creating and I have a million different ideas and And also to recognize that for other people who are looking, and I hear this a lot and I get a lot of feedback about like, wow, you created this and you did this and you did that. And I'm not trying to create conditioning or comparison, you know, for anybody else. So I hope that people looking or watching only take what I'm putting out there as an opportunity for them to know that it's possible for them. If I can sit in this creation mode and come up with things it's certainly accessible and, and possible and achievable for everybody else. So I hope that's the way that other people are receiving it. But I really just do it because exactly what you're saying, it feels so good. Mm-hmm. I love to be able to 
take an idea an inspiration, a download and put it out there. The thing that I'm working on a lot is releasing what happens after it goes out. So like if five people like it, five people like it. If 50 people like it, 50 people. If nobody likes it, I am working on not having an attachment to what the external response is as it relates to my joy in the creation, as it relates to my value as a human, as a spiritual entrepreneur. I love when you said to redefine what it is to work because I've really incorporated that even without that conscious way of saying it, that any conversation I have in this space is work. Sitting and meditating is work. Pulling a card or lighting a sage or all of those things are work. Walking in nature is work. All of that really feeds who I am as a channel. It really helps me be clear, be grounded, be connected. So in that aspect, so many of us could really switch and reframe our days to say, we are busy all day long. I mean, it can't only be connected to the client work or the revenue that we're bringing in, but I'm excited to listen back to this and really (laughs) reconsider some of the energy that I have been unintentionally putting out as it relates to coming from a place of lack or struggle or not having the impact that I'm seeking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point too about how many people like your things. It's almost like when you put something out there, you have to put it out there and then forget that you put it out there. Pretend that you didn't do anything. Once you release that expectation or that need of a certain number, it becomes a lot easier. And then you can just kind of create more of it because you want to be creating from that space of being fully conscious as opposed to subconscious and wanting recognition. Right. And if you're creating from your heart, like you're saying, it's medicine for you. It's something Mm -hmm. that you have felt, thought, seen, heard that, that needs to move through you. And you can't know immediately or maybe ever what the ripple is that you're causing with sharing that. But I think that's such beautiful guidance to not let what you perceive to be the reaction, the response, to not let what you perceive in that area be the determinant of whether or not you did a good job or whether or not it matters. It matters because it should matter to you and you're creating a ripple that you have no idea how wide it goes. Yeah, that brings me back to my favorite reason for doing this work too is as you raise your vibration and as you begin to live a more conscious life, the people around you raise their vibration as well. Because as humans, we learn by example. We don't learn by being told to do something. So if I want someone to do something, I'm not going to tell them, hey, you need to do this or you need to not do this. I'm just going to be the example of it. And I'm going to be the example of it very consistently. So then that way it's like my energy is rubbing off on them and then they can grow too. So I'm raising my vibration. I'm raising my friend's vibration next to me. And then think about all of the people 
they're raising their vibration and it keeps on going and it's a big ripple effect out into the world. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I love that it's like with the purest of heart and, and the purest of intention, isn't that what we all really want? And we've just gotten conditioned or we subscribe to things without even realizing it and it gets twisted and it gets warped and then the ego gets involved. And I love that we're so fortunate to be able to have these deep meditations and connections where we do experience that bliss. We are reminded of our oneness, of our eternal support, love, connection, and creating and living from that space really washes away all of the BS that has gotten attached to us in whatever way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it attaches itself so easily. Yeah. So easily. Yeah. And it, your life will change so much when you start releasing it. I know. I know. It's so good. This was amazing. I feel like there were so many topics that we covered. I definitely need to have you back to dive into all of them on like a next level. How can everybody find you, learn from you, work with you? Yeah. So my Instagram is Brianna.McHenry. You can connect with me there and you also can book readings through there. And you can message me and my website is briannamchenry.com. Oh, and I have a podcast too. I co-host a podcast with my friend Stephanie and we actually just had Lauren on too, which is exciting. So exciting. That podcast is When in Bloom and you can find that everywhere. You can stream podcasts and we're also on YouTube for When in Bloom and our Instagram is when.inbloom for our podcast. And that's full of little nuggets too. I love it. Yeah, I'm so excited. We had so much fun recording. And I'm also going to have Stephanie on to share about her life and her art and so many cool things. So y'all stay tuned for that as well. Well, thank you again so much for being here. I love our talks. I love that we got to capture this for others. So they get like a little glimmer and just know that there's so much open, there's so much possible, there's so much there for us. And your example of just being mindful, just setting intentions, it's like you have shown that you can reclaim all of it, you can, Mm -hmm. you can take it all back for yourself. And it's not selfish. And it's not bad. It's not wrong. It's you living in your fullest light is to go through the day in a place, in a space of intention. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.